sticks, long-haired weirdos, short-haired weirdos, vandals, hooligans. The government, hug the government, love the government, hug the government, love the government. Welcome to The Politics Guys, a place for bipartisan, rational, and civil debate on American politics and policy. I'm Trey Orndorff, a political scientist at Oklahoma Christian University. I'm joined by the professor of law at Chase Law School, Ken Katkin. Ken, welcome to The Politics Guys. Well, midweek show, I should say. (laughs) It's it's great to be back for the midweek show. I just like talking over you, apparently, Ken, and we're not even arguing about anything. Uh, (laughs) But uh, so, you know, Ken, our midweek shows, we 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 just finished, I think, kind of an epic, exciting uh, portion. We've made it through all seven articles to the United States Constitution. And that was as a result of uh, listeners asking, like, hey, this sounds like a really cool idea. Could you guys read and go through the Constitution? And so, uh, you know, Ken, you and I, we're the ones who took that up. Because we, we, we are the experts. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, we, you know, that's the direction that we ended up taking up. And I have really loved going through that. But now, of course, we're not done with the whole Constitution because as we've t- we talked about, uh, you know, months ago now, uh, right, the, the, the Constitution has been amended and added to. Uh, and so what we're going to start kicking off this week in for our midweek show, and this is going to take some time. This is going to take some serious time. We're going to start by going through the amendments to the United States Constitution. And of course, you, you have to start with the first 10 amendments, or what is often called the Bill of Rights. And so this week, Ken, uh, we're, you know, we're going through and we're kind of setting up uh, uh, the Bill of Rights to the United States Constitution. Now, we've talked a little bit about some of these things. And, you know, one of the things that made our Constitution uh, unique is that we ended up deciding to not have what you'd call civil liberties kind of peppered throughout it. That, that was not our go. Now, there's a few, right? You get in Article uh, 6, as we talked about, you know, you have outlaws for religious tests of office. Uh, so, you know, Sunday is exempt from the 10 days, which are counted in, in terms of a presidential veto, little things like that. More substantially, right, we have uh, uh, prohibitions, as we've talked about, on ex post facto laws. Um, But despite this, during the Constitutional Convention, uh, George Mason, Aldrich Jerry, Charles Pickney, and others would have included language that would have included things like a free press. And those actually get voted down. And that's why, again, we're going to come back to these two groups we've talked about before, the Federalists and the Anti-Federalists, right? The Federalists, the individuals who primarily were for advocating the passage of the Constitution and put the Constitution together, they argued that the system of government created in the Constitution itself was a check on governmental power. As Hamilton argues in Federalist number 84, quote, the Constitution is itself in every rational sense and to every useful purpose, a bill of rights, end quote. Now, that argument in Federalist number 84 did not convince anti-Federalists. Anti-Federalists united on a point that a Bill of Rights is necessary for a free people. As a matter of fact, Thomas Jefferson, in a December 1787 letter to Madison, called the omissions of a Bill of Rights very problematic. He said this, quote, A Bill of Rights is what the people are entitled to against every government on earth, end quote. Uh, and so what ends up happening is, is that you kind of get an unusual uh, source for this. As we talked about during the uh, section when we talked in the Constitution about uh, the ratification process, the Federalists end up acquiescing 
to anti-federalists that we're going to have one of the first orders of business is is we're going to fix this problem of not having a Bill of Rights. Now, whether or not it's a problem, that's a different one. We've actually talked about that a little bit. And even though Madison was not himself very fond of a Bill of Rights, in his words, he called them parchment barriers. He ends up shifting his position so that the Constitution can pass. And he, in some ways, will become the father of the Bill of Rights during the first Congress in 1789, because he just keeps kind of hammering in on it and hammering in on it. You know, we, we've got to do this. We've got to do this. Uh, and, and so we get the Bill of Rights as being kind of a, the, an edifice to the anti-federalists. And you kind of had a unique view on that. And, and we, it was kind of a thrown away in a show. And I'd love for you to talk about that a little bit, Ken. Uh, I'm trying to remember what what, what the view was. That oh, we were okay. Well, let me let me. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You you had noted how uh, you know because we 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 didn't really get to see how the Federalist Division played out since we ended up creating well, with the, the Bill, Bill of, of Rights. Rights. Yeah, and yeah. therefore maybe the Anti Federalists were really the ones that had screwed up because I had kind of suggested I saw that as a good thing, and you said, well, yeah. think about it. This we other don't know. Way. Right. Yeah. yeah. So because Madison's specific argument about why he thought a, a Bill of Rights would do more more harm than good. Yeah, so Madison's uh, argument uh, for why he thought we did not need a, a Bill of Rights um, is that he thought it would actually undermine what he was trying to accomplish in Article One by having a, a, a list of limited enumerated powers. Um, so, so Madison's concept was Congress cannot do anything unless it's on the list in Article One, Section Eight, unless it's one of the enumerated powers that Congress has been granted. And so Congress already can't do anything, say, that would um, interfere with the free exercise of religion because Congress doesn't have any enumerated power to regulate religion. And uh, Congress can't do anything that would um, interfere with the freedom of speech because Congress doesn't have any enumerated power to regulate speech. And so his, his concern was that if you had a list of things that Congress can't do, then people would focus more on what's on, on that list and, and start thinking, well, then Congress can do everything else except for the things that they're prohibited from doing. And so he thought that would actually expand Congress's power more. Whereas if you keep all the focus on the list of enumerated powers in Article One, um, that that would actually constrain Congress more. So, so he thought it would be have this unfortunate side effect. And yeah, and I was saying we'll never know because we know that um, what he predicted basically did happen. You know that that nowadays Congress can usually do just about anything it wants to, unless it violates the Bill of Rights. Um, now, what we don't know is whether congressional power um, would have expanded that way, even even if we didn't have a Bill of Rights. So this is an interesting one because, you know, you talked about that, but it's hard not to think about, say, uh, the United Kingdom as being an example of where it seems like similar things happened even when you didn't have an official Bill of Rights. So, you know, when when, uh, Britain finally entered the European Union, they for the first time actually had to have, uh, you know, they had a written as a result of the European uh, uh, list of rights as part of it. Now, of course, as a result of Brexit, that's not the case anymore. But I've often wondered, that'd be, that's kind of an interesting counterexample. Have you ever, ever looked at the two of those together like that? Well, I'm sorry to have to cut myself off like that, but this actually ends the ad-supported preview 
of the midweek show. And I, I hope it's whet your appetite. Ken and I have been going through the U.S. Constitution, and as you just saw, we're going through the Bill of Rights now, and then the rest of the amendments to the U.S. Constitution. But if you want to be a part of that conversation in totality, you're going to have to become a supporter of the politics guys. And I hope you'll consider it, because without you, that's what makes this podcast work. But what's so cool about it is, by becoming a supporter, you end up being able to have access to really cool things like the rest of this show and ad free. If you're curious about any of that, you can check us out at patreon.com slash politics guys. You can also support us on Venmo where we're at politics guys. You can also support the show through PayPal. All of those support links are in the show notes, but you can also head to politicsguys.com slash support and you'll find everything you can do right there. There's all kinds of cool levels. So in addition to getting this midweek show, finishing it up with myself and Ken, you can also have access to things like us on Discord. You can do all kinds of cool things, but again, to do that, you're gonna have to head to patreon.com slash support or to politicsguys.com slash support. I wanna give a shout out to Warren. He is one of our newest supporters. Thank you, Warren. And if you want to be like Warren again, all you got to do is to head to patreon.com slash politics guys and finish up this episode there. It's a lot of fun and I'd love for you to do that. Now, if you're not in a position financially support the podcast right now, I get that. I understand how that is. Please just shoot an email to mail at politicsguys.com so that we can get you set up. Now, whether or not you're a supporter, we'd still love for you to promote this episode on the podcast app of your choice and to send that out to your friends. Thank you so much in advance for that. It means a lot. Now, if you've got a question, comment, or any other kind of thing you'd like to send our way, don't forget you can send us email at mail at politicsguys.com. We're also on Facebook and on the newly branded X. You're going to find all of those links, you guessed it, right down there in the show notes. I want to have a special shout out to the executive producers of the Politics Guys, who are Bron- uh, Bruce Johnson, Wilmer Marino, Andra Masker, Daniel Toe, Ryan Beasley, Don Oglesby, and Ivan English. We'll be back with a full episode this weekend, and I hope you'll join us then.